It is rather a coincidence that on Father's Day we read about Father Abraham, the father of faith. And then in the gospel we, we heard Jesus choose those 12. They're, they're also fathers, founding fathers, if you will. If Jesus is the foundation and cornerstone, the 12 are the first line of bricks. A recent archaeological discovery under a hotel that was being demolished in Bethlehem has caused quite a stir among biblical scholars and others. It has been translated into contemporary English, and we are fortunate this morning to have a copy of it. It has been carbon dated to around the early part of the first century. And though it has caused quite a stir among believers and skeptics of all stripes, it still has been classified as one of the great discoveries in recent years. So here it is. Dear Rabbi Jesus, it is our staff's opinion that most of those you have chosen are lacking in background education and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise you are undertaking. The team concept seems to be totally foreign to all of them. We would recommend that you continue your search for persons of experience and managerial ability and proven capability. Our psychologists and vocation aptitude consultants are in total agreement. Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and given to temper tantrums. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership, but is always a pass the buck person. The two brothers, James and John, place personal interest above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. We must also tell you that the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau has blacklisted Matthew. James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Canaanite have radical leanings and register high manic depressive scores. Only one of the candidates shows any potential. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All the other profiles are self-explanatory. Sincerely yours, Jordan Management Consultants, Jerusalem, Judea. And he started the church with them. We know so little about them and we would give so much to know more about them. Presumably, most of them were Jews. They have had a bad press over the years, and by and large, they probably deserve it. They just never seemed to have gotten what Jesus was about. And when they did get it, they never seemed to live by it. And that makes them just like you and me, and just like our own fathers. Jesus made his church out of human beings with the same mixture in them of cowardness and guts, 
of intelligence and stupidity, selfishness and generosity, of openness of heart and sheer cussedness, as you would find in any of our fathers and in any of us. Something else about the 12. They seem to have gone on doing what they were doing, and they kept on doing it at pretty much whatever they had been working at before, which means that Jesus did not call them out of their ordinary lives. He called them out of believing that ordinary life is ordinary. He called them and he calls us to see that no matter how ordinary it may seem to us as we live it, life is truly extraordinary. The kingdom of God is at hand, he said. That's the way he put it to them and that is the way he told them to put it to others. Life, even in its most monotonous and backbreaking and heart-numbing, has the kingdom of God buried in it in the same way a field would have treasure buried in it. If we only had eyes to see and ears to hear and which to understand, we would know that the kingdom of God is what all of us hunger for above all other things. Even when we don't know its name or realize that it is what we are starving for, the kingdom of God is where we belong. It is home. And whether we realize it or not, we are all homesick for it. Life is extraordinary. And the extraordinariness of it is what Jesus called the kingdom of God. The extraordinariness of it is that in the kingdom of God, we all belong to each other in the same way that families belong to each other. We are all brothers and sisters. We are all of us mothers and fathers and children of each other because that is what we are called together as the church to be. And that is what being the church means. He started with them. He started with the 12. Church buildings and budgets came later. Choirs and Sunday schools and Bible study groups and rummage sales, they came later. So did the preachers, the ones on TV who make you sick to your stomach with their phoniness and those closer to home who often preach a faith that really seems to have much to do with Monday morning and the ones whose words occasionally stir our hearts and our minds and our spirits. But it all came later. Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. Which means that in this world now, Jesus is each other, every person. So heal the sick and be healed. Cleanse the leper and be cleansed. Raise the dead and be raised. Everything that matters come out, comes out of doing those things. Doing those things is what the church is all about. 
And when it doesn't do those things, no matter how much, what else it does, it really doesn't matter. Jesus told the 12 and he tells us, in you, buried in your hearts, like treasure in a field, is the kingdom of God. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.